Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zandbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about what they have learned and what you need to know today. Today, I'm very pleased to have from the other side of the continent, Ryan Osborne, <laughs> fitness trainer. Ryan, how are you? I'm awesome, Bart. Really appreciate the uh, the opportunity and uh, looking forward to talking some shop and uh, just having some great conversation. Yes, that is awesome. And you know, it's, this world today is kind of interesting. Ryan and I basically met kind of organically through social media. We have a lot of, of similar interests, uh, primarily you know, love of family and fitness and uh, one thing led to another, and we've uh, formed a friendship and, uh, and have had nice conversations around uh, the subjects we love. So, yeah, absolutely. Happy yeah. to get into it. Uh, <laughs> and just to to further detail on my my intro, so you are on the other side of the continent in the, uh, uh, I was going to make a joke and say in the frozen tundra, but you're not <laughs> Not, really not that cold. So we are the most easterly point of North America. Um, we're in Newfoundland, the farthest east province of Canada, and I'm in just outside the capital of St. John's uh, in a small suburban area. But um, it's funny because, uh, it, you know, it is all laughs, but you'd be still amazed, actually, um, when I do talk to some of my state's colleagues uh, or just, you know, clients that I know, and they're just like so you know, when do you got to, you know, buckle up to kind of like prepare for the ice? And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not the North now. I mean, I'm North, but I'm, I'm not the North pole, but yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, but it's fun to kind of make, of fun course of I'm all for, I'm all for last. And now I can actually say the Zambergen report has gone international because if I think this through, I think you're our first international guest. So there we go. Well, I got to applaud you, um, for, for obviously the, uh, you know, just uh, the willingness, right? I mean, you know, podcast um, operator myself, um, you know, obviously you go in with the right intentions, but hey, there's there's obviously, in your case, a team, uh, there's, you know, preparation. And uh, regardless of, you know, putting your, your face and your name um, out there, it, nonetheless, it's, it's still a task that you've got to fit in and, and you obviously want it to, to come across, um, you know, uh, as, as best that it can. But I am... Uh, I'm going to take that as a, as a little knock in the hat for being the first international. There we go. All right. Let's start with, um, you know, your background. You, you've had kind of a, uh, all fitness oriented or, or anatomy oriented. And I know you had a, a shift in your, over your career. So let's give the listeners an idea of like, um, who you are. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've, you know, university graduated from Acadia, Nova Scotia. Um, so bachelor of kinesiology. So I am a certified kinesiologist, um, which is kind of the, the highest standard of I'll say exercise professionals or exercise physiologists in Canada. Um, and you know, I've been practicing kinesiology and like I said, the umbrella of kinesiology, as I say, it's like one step down from like a physical therapist, maybe in the United States, right? So um, you know, we know the body. Uh, inside and out anatomy, physiology, but also biomechanically, ergonomically. Um, and you can, you know, there's other tangents to, to, to doing like athletic therapy and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I've been practicing kinesiology uh, for, you know, almost 18 years now. I also have my nutrition certification, my ergonomic certification. 
And uh, a big part of what I, I guess from my upbringing um, is, I, I mean, I'm a lover of sports and movement, right? Uh, so, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, sharing sometimes stories of people who got into fitness, um, you know, sometimes from a personal realm, and I know, you know, whether your listeners might know or not, Bart, uh, which you shared on my podcast just last week was obviously where you came from of being, you know, an overweight and, and obviously the, 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 the challenges, the mental challenges, the confidence issues that came from that, that certainly really just propelled. And that's your why, I guess. In my case, I wasn't necessarily that. I had a little stint, I think, in university, which we all do, the University 15. And on a small frame, I'm 5'7". Um, so, um, you know, beyond that little time period there, I haven't had, I'll just say, uh, a weight issue. However, on the other end was that because I was so small, I mean, I hit 100 pounds going into grade 12. So I was a really runt, uh, and yet I played basketball, soccer, uh, sports that, you know, I won't say necessarily soccer, but certainly basketball that required, as we know, just kind of has a height, um, I think, uh, ideology with that sport. Uh, most of my friends, even to this day, um, are six foot, you know, mid six feet. And that just, you know, waned on me a little bit where I was so small. And as I was coming through university, naturally trying to find my way, um, I never had any experience with strength training back in the day. With my sport, um, I'll say athletics, uh, there was no emphasis on training, certainly as it is nowadays. And so weight room wasn't anything to do with me. My, 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 my parents, my father, he didn't you know, do much of that. He kind of was in and out of gyms. He fought weight, I'll say, most of his life. And there's definitely um, somewhat of a nucleus there for me um, from just you know being concerned of his health. And I know that that has transferred on myself. But yeah, um, I just kind of knew when I went through university was that I, you know, I didn't want to, personal trainer, I, you know, for me, it was basically being a strength and conditioning coach on a, on a professional sport team. I think that was, even in grade 11, I was really pushing for that. Um, big fan of, of, of the Bulls, late 90s, I, I, like most, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, yeah, I mean, really through university, um, I came out and in, I'll say back, you know, in the early 2000s, I mean, kinesiology was brand new in Canada, like really new. Like we were one of, I was pretty well the first class of, of kinesiology. Um, um, and uh, it was a new science of human movement. That's what the definition of kinesiology is. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. It's, it's, it's almost like advanced gym class is what some people called it. But when I got out of university, pretty much the only option you had was being like an assistant folding towels for like a physical therapist. And so I jumped right into the rehab world. And I mentioned that, you know, you know, in our, in our chats before. And so Fitness, yeah, my love of movement and sport. Um, and then, you know, professionally, I got into kind of the rehab. And so um, I still do some of that. It's a passion of mine. Um, and uh, and then basically since then, it's just been constantly really obviously evolving with the new training uh, protocols. That rehab experience, I can truly say, has really helped with my even, I'll just say, exercise programming. Because, again, most people, as we may get into or I've worked with, you know, the over 40 population and uh, you're, you, you know, yourself, um, you, you're just not doing what you did in the twenties, nor you should. And so I feel that that rehab knowledge um, has really helped with my just, I guess, structure and, and, and level of uh, uh, preparation for my exercise programming. And then basically kind of since then I've tapped into certain different certifications and then I got into the online space, which we might talk into at some point. Yeah, so that's a excuse me, a great lead in. So, what does your bu uh, business look like today? Is it is it all online? Um, tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely, Bart. Um, so I'll say, you know, certainly pre pandemic, 
it was probably about 30, 70, 70 being in the online space. I was probably one of the first here on this, you know, we're an island of 500,000 people and it's, and it, and it's a huge coastline. Um, so it's really scattered. Uh, like everybody says, Newfoundland's usually two or three years behind the rest of, of Canada. So any new um, innovation sometimes takes a little bit of time to get here, but I was just knowing where, or I felt I had a gut of kind of where, you know, fitness was going with some new technology that was out. Um, and like myself working for, uh, gyms, working for private studios, I was actually a business partner of a private uh, studio. Um, you know, we were, we were looking at that of like, can we create some software? Um, cause more and more, you know, gyms are gyms, but everybody's obviously talking just the internet and all those things. So yeah, pre pandemic, I was doing a lot more in person, like I go in people's houses and and personal train them. Um, and like I said, the majority was still around 70% of my, I'll say coaching business was online. Since then, I mean, I have two clients um, that I've had for years. They're great business contacts. Uh, I just have learned to know and, and, and they're almost mentors also of mine. And so I, you know, I'm continuing with them and then the rest is, is full business. And then aside from the online say fitness coaching one-to-one, I also have a corporate wellness division. And so I use my software that I do use with my clientele, my private clientele, in a way that I'm able to kind of create like group uh, challenges um, and group habits uh, as a means of just fostering healthy habits within businesses. Plus I do like visual, uh, virtual lunch and learns as well, pretty much, you know, on the monthly. So yeah, right now it's, it's primarily coaching, but um, I use, like I said, my own software that like I think a lot of people, when I get on the phone and I'm like, you know, they're like, okay, I've seen you somewhere. I've heard of, you know, a friend of mine that is doing one of your coaching programs, but tell me, how does it work? I've had a personal trainer before and they were literally beside me in a gym or whatnot. So how the heck does this work? And I'm like, well, if anything, um, you know, yeah, you're going to do your workouts solo, um, but you're going to have access uh, and accountability, like, and that's just nothing to come on here and throw out sales. It's just, it, it, you know, you have access to a personal advisor just as much as you'd have, like, you know, having you yourself as financial advisor or a doctor, like, they're in your pocket and they're basically saying, here, ask me any questions, but also have structure with it. So the ability to go on and see and do virtual calls, I've done even virtual sessions. I'm not on your schedule and you're not on my schedule. And everyone's living and dying by their phone now. Um, so it's not anything different. And the ability to get a personalized, not a cookie cutter, but a program that meets your needs, but yet you can still obviously flow back and forth has really been the good thing. So when someone says like, how has COVID changed my business? I mean, uh, you know, there's a few small, and I'll really truly mean it, like small, subtle changes that I've done since the last 18 months. But aside from COVID, unfortunately happening to the globe, it's been an absolute huge blessing. And maybe for a lot of people that might be in the online space, just because of my visibility to reach literally people now in, in four different countries and, and whatnot. So I'm blessed on that regard. So when you say online training, is that something that's pre-recorded, customized for this particular client or is, your, is their phone sitting there and you are watching and guiding them through their movement? Yeah, perfect. And, and, and yeah, great, great way to clarify that. And so, yeah, virtual training sessions would be literally me say doing this and you're with your exercise and I'm telling you exactly, okay, we're jumping to squats now, we're jumping to whatever, like that's like a virtual personal training session. That happens, I'll say pretty, 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 you know, low. Um, what my traditional online coaching program is, is that you go in, use my app and your workout, you think about 
what probably what a lot of people think of is like Peloton, maybe even like um, Beachbody, where, you know, you have like a 30 minute class. That's most cases, some do live, but a lot of them are pre-recorded. And the whole class is just you hit start and you do the whole class with an instructor. I'm not that, right? What this is, is it's individualized to you. So, you know, either shoulder issue, back issue, or just obviously weight loss. Other things is that I have like a 1500 exercise library on my app. And so people will just tap the workout for whatever I have for them. So I lay their schedule out for the entire week. And so you can do your workouts, whether it's the morning, in the evening, I mean, it's whatever. And then when you're ready, you hit start and then the workout just flows. And if you need to look at the exercise because you're unsure of what it is, then obviously I do it. I demonstrate it. I discuss, but then sets, reps, weights, rest periods, it's all listed. So there is no guesswork. It's just not one of those things where you hit like a YouTube workout video and you sit back and it flows. It's just kind of, here's all your exercises. Um, and then you kind of go on and, and again, some people are going to do the, the classes type protocol and that's, that's fine. This is where normally if you're in a gym, you're going to do maybe one, two, maybe three exercise, four exercises. If you're doing like circuit yeah, once, but most cases it's nowadays with COVID protocols, you can't jump from one machine to the next to the next because you got to clean it and stuff. So it's just where you're, you know, exactly, okay, I'm supposed to rest now. I know exactly what weight I'm supposed to use all my, you know, mobility exercises. It's all there. And then same goes for the nutrition. Your whole week is kind of laid out. And then I'm in chat with my clients. My my own personal target is that I'm in touch with my clients twice, minimum twice a week. So there's always a Friday check-in, but at least somewhere through the week, we're either going to do a video call very quickly, you know, like maybe 10 minutes sometimes, or um, just a simple back and forth questions. What are you struggling with? What do you need help with? Uh, and things like that. Okay, great. So when... We were in, uh, on your show last week, we talked about um, many things, but one was the pillars of what I called true wealth. And if you recall, the first one for me was the um, health is the ultimate wealth. Which so <laughs> thank you. Um, what are the pillars of your fitness belief? Yeah, great question. Um, and I, I mean, to me, it's, it, it is about you know, individualized approach, um, a holistic approach, um, and something that can dynamically flow. I think I always wanted to kind of answer this question with understanding that these are the pillars. Um, yes, you know, these are staples. And sometimes your priorities for each one of these pillars are going to change. Um, nor do you need to have, you know, always be on because, you know, nobody can necessarily do that. But as you talked about last week on my show, was just at least when you have, you know, literally these these, these, you know, they're just foundations. And, uh, uh, because that, that, that's where you start to kind of understand what well, your purpose, your rituals, um, need to feed off of that. And so for me, I mean, when we're specifically talking about fitness, uh, pillars, number one's gotta be sleep. And I mean, you know, back in the day, I mean, I'm, I'm 41, right. Um, but two young kids, seven-year-old and a three-year-old wife works full time. And, you know, I've always been the night owl. I just have. Um, and sometimes I'll say not right now as I get into the transition, but I'll say even up until maybe pre COVID, um, I just wasn't that one that would get up super early, um, because I'm someone that really likes that nine to I'll say anywhere between nine and 11 is my workout time. It's just what I've tried. I've tried to do the early, early morning ones. I don't work out from home. You know, I, my gym is around 25, 30 minutes away from me, but I just could feel like my kids are asleep. My wife is asleep. Like I can stay up and be just as creative um, in the night and then obviously sleep in a little tiny bit because at the end of the day, obviously it's, you know, 
where am I getting my total hours sleep? And am I truly being productive uh, with both life and business? That changed. <laughs> and I'm not that now. Um, it went so far. But I honestly, you know, I, I truly believe it. Uh, the more and more I experiment with it myself, certainly now using certain wearables, um, you know, that, that can obviously track heart rate variability, recovery, obviously just in terms of stress management, you know, resting heart rate, those things are big. And I'm, a, you know, obviously I train pretty hard. So of course, recovery at my age now is quite, quite important. And, uh, and rest is obviously going to be the best thing um, for that. And I say that with my clients, but the new studies that constantly are coming out, really, I, I would say it almost, almost any aspect of like the pillars of fitness, like nutrition, exercise, like sleep and cognitive health. In the last, I'll say, couple of years, re research in that department has really taken off. And it just, it's amazing uh, of, of the, you know, just the fact of being consistent with your sleep. And if you have issues, you know, you really got to go down that rabbit hole of, of understanding why that is, because it is your foundation. Like there's just no other recharging and recovering. And I don't want to get in necessarily to the meat and bones of hormonal regulation and hunger regulation and all those things, but just all the thoughts that you get from the day, all the so-called physical effort, whether it's via workout or just the you know day-to-day -day, uh, tasks that you might do, your body just obviously has to take all that info and data and then basically compartmentalize it and store it. And then also your cells and muscles need to just recover so you can perform great the next day. So yes, it's about energy. And that's really the key is what sleep does. There's no other so-called bang for your buck, ROI, return on investment tactic that you can possibly do, in my mind, mm -hmm. than focusing and trying to really strive to be consistent with getting adequate sleep. Whether that's seven and a half, seven, eight, certainly nothing less than seven, regardless if you say I wake up and I'm feeling fine, I have no issues. It's not about your energy levels, okay? It's truly about you in terms of health, okay? So that's number one. So seven okay. hours is, is, in your opinion, minimum. I, like that's what I strive for. Right. Okay. And, and, and I'm, if I use anything to kind of track, I mean, there'll be some days. Yes. I mean, if I want to take a step further, Bart, I mean, REM sleep slash deep sleep, yeah. that's where a lot of certainly just, again, cellular recovery, uh, cellular regrowth, depending on where you are with things in life. Um, testosterone for men. Yep. Um, obviously your hunger hormones, insulin, blood sugars, uh, some people with women heading into menopause, you know, just these, some of these anabolic hormones are strictly um, released. Uh, when you look at percentage of released, they're highest during your deepest sleep. So when it's one thing to say, well, Ryan, bye, I go to bed at blank, say 10 PM and I wake up at six. One that doesn't tell me anything, right? Because first I'm like, okay, when you went to bed and what were you doing? I yeah. want to know truly, you know, when those eyes closed and you were actually asleep. And then what about broken sleep? But really honing in on your REM and deep sleep, which for some might only be 40 minutes, 20 minutes, or, you know, obviously two hours. But I'm like, like any data watch or anything. Yes, it's not, you know, we can also live and die by the numbers. And I think, you know, uh, um, paralysis by analysis is, is real because it's like, oh, my God, there's too much data. But sleep is, man, it's an underlying cause for so many things. And like blood pressure, some of these silent metabolic diseases that are out there, sleep plays a huge factor. And most just all, when I, if I have to ask you or any of your listeners to say like, how much sleep do you get? I mean, we'll just, most people just go by when they literally look at the clock last, like they fell, they went, they lied in bed. And then of course, whenever their alarm clock goes off, but what happens is naturally, what are you doing before you go to bed? Are you on your phone? Are you, you know, doing journaling? Are you checking emails? Are you watching a TV show? 
right? Um, and then obviously that impacts necessarily your actual, you know, falling asleep uh, criteria. But then maybe you have bladder issues, or maybe you just got a lot of stress, and so you're up a lot. Maybe you had coffee late in the day, and the caffeine is not out of your system. So to me, it's like I'd like to truly know wherever your start point is. Just as like if someone says I only can do one push up, Ryan, and they come with me, and I'm like, damn it, you know, yeah, you got weight loss goals or a fitness goal, but let's let's get strong. Well, it's easy. You only started with one push up. Now you can do 15. Like it's quantitative, uh, concrete data. Well, with sleep, it's like yeah, we can look at total sleep, but Let's see if we can actually increase your REM sleep. So yes, you got to use obviously a device that can kind of track that, which nowadays are pretty pretty cheap. Um, or Aura rings, which I'm going to get myself for Christmas. Um, I've been eyeing it for a while. I got a couple clients that have those rings. They're pretty much the, I guess the the, the gold standard for tracking a lot of these uh, health metrics. And um, but I'm like, let's okay. So your REM sleep is right now it's I don't know averaging 35 minutes. Let's see if we can crack an hour and let's just see how that actually relates to your cognitive decision-making ability the following days, right? So sleep, I can go on, um, but just to me, it is a foundation. I think you would agree, correct? Like oh. I know you prioritize sleep. Yeah, 100%. All right. right. Number two. Number two, uh, progressive, I'll say functional training. Now functional, I know is kind of like, you know, whipped around nowadays and whatnot, but I like progressive, it has to be. So it's progressive training, functional exercise and movement certainly is in that. Yes, you have the classic exercises, and also just walking and yeah, 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 of course, like our bodies are meant to move. But I really stress the word progressive because, you know, regardless, like once you hit anywhere around the 40s, sometimes it's, it's individualized, of course, men and women. But I mean, your rate of muscle building and even bone building just, you know, crests in the late 30s, right? And then goes down and, and certainly women, as they come out of, you know, uh, menopause uh, are, are naturally way, you know, really starting to ramp up sarcopenia, which is um, the, the loss of muscle and also bone density decreases. But what I find with people that do strength training, and again, it's a love of mine. Um, I know it was a major difference, both just in terms of how I feel. I mean, I'm 41. I mean, I play sports. So, you know, I still play, um, you know, I'll say amateur basketball. So, you know, I, common aches and I'll say stiffness, not pains, but stiffness. But I just, you know, I know the value of what strength training can provide, again, mentally or physically. But what I find with a lot of people is that they either do the same routine they're doing for years. And when I say that, because I know, you know, I think you you, you fall maybe under the category. Yeah. But yeah. but the fact is progressive is a means of saying, well, you're not lifting the same weight, like your volume changes or your frequency changes yeah. or your, you know, your uh, just a slight different angle of your grips uh, change, right? Just a slight difference is still, in my mind, um, can classify as progressive. But a lot of people, it's just, They'll take whatever weights that they have or their gym and they just, you know, they cycle through the exercises. And again, you're doing strength training. So bravo. That's wonderful. But naturally, and I'm again with my kinesiology background and functional movement background, you know, in terms of posture and things like that, like, you know, you know, just doing the same exercises with the same weight. One, you're the, uh, the number one principle of strength, building muscle is what's called progressive overload, which just is a fancy way of saying you need to constantly be adding some change of weight or reps to the muscles for them to continually get stronger. And listen, I mean, you hear and see stories of people in their 70s and 80s and still like able to throw up some, you know, PBs or look quite muscular. And remember, your muscle is your organ of longevity. I read, and I, I actually tried to have, I tried to find it because um, it came across me late before I hopped on here. And I, I really wish that I uh, had the kind of the uh, 
the abstract for the uh, research article that I could whip out. But I read something, yeah, just literally, I think it was probably about five or six days ago um, from, from a researcher. Um, it was down in the States, but again, um, didn't get that. But he just talked about, you know, literally your muscles are your organ of longevity because your quality of life is what matters, folks. So if you're here and, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're successful um, and, you know, with wealth or potentially within your business, that's, that's wonderful. Like we all want to be successful, you know, with our own internally, with our family, with our community. And obviously, like I said, in a business mindset, but the reality is, is that, and we talked about last week on true wealth, I mean, your quality of living, you know, and I'm not talking about like retirement years, like your quality of living in the here and now, as you age, it, it, it kind of moves up the chain for most people, right? And you can spend a lifetime if you've never put focus on it to try to get it back. And so with strength, you need to progress. You don't just want to have a baseline because what happens is you're out and about with friends and or out hiking and, you know, something happens and you got to use a bit of your strength. But if your body's not prepared for it, it's just that's where that injury risk can come about so quickly. So to me, it's about body prep and life prep. Uh, and we need to obviously challenge yourself. And why not challenge yourself? Like, that's what I find weights are all about. Like, you've got to challenge yourself. Now, runners will say the same with running long distances. I'm not a runner, so I don't get that. <laughs> but, uh, but, but with strength training, it's, it's just something where you're, you're, you're going against steel. You're going against, you know, uh, metal. Uh, and, uh, and, you, and, and it's there to say, well, what can I get? Like, what do I have in me? And age is not, you know, obviously a thing that can get into. That's number two. All right. Number three, flexible nutrition. When I say flexible nutrition, and I'll, I'll try to you know bang through these so we can utilize our time well. Flexible, it's just like I'm anti-diet. You know, I'll say pretty much that that's my message. I'm a vanilla guy on social, and most cases, vanilla guys. If I've got a business mentor, they're like, "Well, vanilla doesn't sell, right?" Um, because it, it truly you know does not. I'm you know just against what really is dogma. So even if you're someone that don't do diets, it's just the dogma that surrounds it. Um, and just honestly, even research that tries to support an eating method, um, then gets refuted or rebuttaled or actually sponsored the group that did the research. So it's really hard. So for me, I like flexible uh, uh, nutrition and I really mean nutrition. I don't use the word dieting. I rarely use it. Um, even though for me, I know that it's just how you eat uh, is classified as a diet. But it's just because that very name, literally, when someone lit, whips out that D word, there's a negative connotation. It must mean that you're uh, driven by your uh, like your weight uh, scale, that you must now have to control things. You can't live, right? So flexible nutrition on my end, uh, uh, Bart, is just, it got to be goal-oriented first and foremost, right? So that's always where I'm like, so your nutrition and my nutrition, even though we're men, um, you know, naturally, you know, you got to look at. Well, your training goals, your just your day to day, what type of job you do, uh, is it labor based, is it sedentary based, or office based? I should say. Obviously, your health concerns that you may have, but what about potentially some um, deficiencies, right? Um, that you may have. And so, anybody that says, "Well, hey, I'm I just cut it, I'm on keto," well, yeah, okay, great. Like that may have actually caused you to reach your goal of whatever it was, but you, even if it's keto or any group that pretty much. Um, stigmatizes one group and then cuts out almost a full group of food, you have at least an opportunity then to then be dietary deficient. Now, of course, I'm talking about we all want to cut it <clears throat> as best we can with bad foods and obviously control alcohol to, to the best of their abilities. But I'm someone because I also coach business professionals over 40. So I get that 
they have life, they have busy schedules, they have high social lifestyles, as do I. And we love work, me and my wife are foodies. And I like myself a great glass of wine. So nor should you look at this and say, well, now I've got to, I'm living for the next 50 years. So I'm going to eat just one way and cut out some foods that you do enjoy. I mean, there's just no practicality in that, right? So for me, flexible nutrition just means that you might cycle through some different, you might try intermittent fasting for a little bit. You might try lower carb if you're really trying to lean down prior to uh, an event, uh, vacation, um, or you might go plant-based for great reasons that there may be for that. But the reality is, is if you're really stuck in one way, um, to me, it, it doesn't allow really for flexibility. And yeah. honestly, you know, of life. <laughs> and, 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 you know it, right? Like, yeah. you know it, like, obviously you, you put the time and you put the effort and food prep and all that stuff, which, yeah. you know, of course is, is a key component of all this, but that's tactics. But yeah. The reality is, is man, if, if you literally cannot at any age, I don't care how old you're, but if you cannot have a social gathering, either you're out or you're with your family and you're literally sipping on something. And as you're sipping it, it, it the guilt just builds up in yourself. Like, I try to really like that. That to me is one of the hard, like we can talk about like, you know, maybe uh, deadlifting 300 pounds or running a marathon, you know, for some men and women, the ability to finally reach a stage in their life and, and a mindset approach that they can consume something with full autonomy and control and also zero guilt that to them can be one of the hardest things they'll ever, ever teach and learn. Right. Because they've been literally it's a lifelong of right. well, I'm not supposed to eat that. I'm supposed to right. cut calories. I'm supposed to do that. They hear messages. Right. So and that that's very um, uplifting and empowering. So just for me, it's it's not sticking to one necessarily method. But the foundation of nutrition is obviously proteins, fruits and veg, um, you know, and trying to get as varied of a diet as best you can. OK. For hydration, I don't need to hang on that. It just is like, you know. I mean, my God, 5% drop in water is a 30% drop in mental energy. Okay, that's a great stat to understand. A 5% drop in in hydration, okay, is a 30% drop in your mental focus, acuity, and and cognition capability. Okay, so that, like that in and of itself, like just 5%, Yeah. right? And like I tell clients too, is that once you are thirsty, right, that, you, you know, you're well dehydrated. So I just say, you know, it just needs to be front and center, always in your face. Um, and, uh, once again, like sleep, it's free and your body just hi- heavily depends Quick on question. It. And we are running out of time. So I want to j- try to jam this okay. in. Question. Okay. Hydration, protein drinks, protein powder, whichever, I don't care what kind you use, bowl of water. Is that hydration or no? There is just like veggies, you know, have hydration uh, tied to it. It's yeah. more so they can be a part of it all, but what happens then is how can you track that though? Right. It's saving the uh, coffee yeah. with the diuretic. Like you can't like that's what I'm saying. So like, um, you know, if you track your macros, you can track your protein. But most foods have water components to it. But I'm like, well, then you've got to look at, well, what foods counteract? Is there diuretics and that? So it's like saying people like, I love coffee. And I'm like, so if I have four cups of coffee, is that now four um, you know, cups of water? And I'm like, no, you can have your coffee if that's your thing. Yeah. But to me, it's kind of like a, a baseline foundation is just get I'll say start with, a, you know, you know, half of your body weight in ounces is the so-called gold standard. So I'm like, can you at least start with maybe half and then work your way up? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, so right. what you're telling me, wine does not also count as hydration. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Okay. I'll quickly go. Mind frame. I use mind frame versus mindset. It's just something that I believe in. Mindset. You're again, stuck, right? It's like you're, you're, I mean, and listen, if, 
you go with one mindset and that just takes you for life and you get everything you ever want from life, happiness, vitality, everything from being in one specific mindset. Great. But I find once again, I like this ebb and flow that comes from it. You're going to have potentially different goals and life might you know be in. So I like mind frame because you might be in it for a set period of time. Um, and a bad mindset is, you know, again, something that you kind of lock in. So for me, um, understanding your purpose, understanding your why, um, because again, your longevity, when you think about like, okay, I'm a fitness professional and that's, you know, a big focus of what I do. Okay. But again, coming back to that, really look at the grandeur scale, like 30,000 feet up, right? You've got your life, your quality of life and whatever the heck you want to do for all your great years to come. And so your mindset obviously needs to at least align, right? With how, you know, how much longevity and vitality that you truly want. And, and that obviously reverse engineer that further is that your mindset obviously will dictate, right? What your rituals, what your daily priorities are. Sure. Um, so you need to have that kind of as, as your central focus. Uh, six, support. That could be your spouse, right? Obviously it should be. Um, and yes, you don't have to have the same goals, folks. But man, when I do have either clients um, or myself and my wife, I you know, probably believe in yourself too, Bart is that, you know, it's not about like, okay, he doesn't like the gym. He doesn't, you know, like yoga. It, it's it, like, find some common ground folks. Um, because just the natural energies that come from when both are taking care of their health, showing great, obviously, um, um, practices to their kids potentially, but then the ability to go for a walk in the evening or in the morning, um, with your spouse for some quality time. Like that's where potentially you might have mixed. Some people do work it, you know, with each other and, and whatnot, but you know, number one, your space should be obviously your your biggest support, and then your friends, coworkers. But I find, or maybe now nowadays with social media, like a, a, a Facebook group potentially, um, something that people just truly align with. You know what? You know that that your 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 who you are and what you believe in, um, because they can uplift you, right? Not just your be a you know best friend that you know um, is not on you, because you know they should be not only supportive but hold you accountable, which really leads into. Number seven, my final one in terms of my pillar with fitness is having an accountability system. And yes, you can have somebody that is like, hey, did you, you know, obviously when you, anybody invests in a coach, naturally, that's what they are actually seeking. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because they feel like they can't, you know, do it. They need their expert guidance, like agree to that. But they also like the fact that someone's going to be on their, their behind um, to get stuff done that they said that they would. But I also break that down and yeah, you don't always need a coach. Some people do. But the reality is, is if you personally don't have an accountability system, as James Clear, you know, again, a great, brilliant mind who, you know, who wrote Atomic Habits, probably the, I'd say the world's foremost book on just on habits in general, but like goals are one thing. Okay. But your systems, you know, are your, are your vehicle, right? So your goals are your, are your GPS and your, and your systems are your vehicle because your systems is what obviously kind of really generates your, uh, uh, propel you forward. And without accountability, Hey, we all have bad weeks. And for some, it just leads to bad weeks, bad months, bad years. So, right. Um, those are fascinating. Very good. Thank you for sharing your, your top pillars. Um, we are over time, but I really want to get to this last question. So, I'm going to, is okay, Daniel? A little bit. So, I'm going to re reduce it instead of top yeah. five. In the, in the next two minutes, can you tell me your top three fitness myths? Okay, top three. Here we go. Okay. People say fitness gets easier. Once you're like becoming fit is easier, right? Like, yeah, once you're fit, you're easy. You always had it, Ryan, or whatever. Like, massive myth. Yeah. Right? Like, I am like you 24 hours in a day, 24 hours in a day between you and me. Um, and, you know, if anything, 
you know, you're, you're aging, your body is aging. And so, yeah, having a great foundation at a younger age can potentially make it easier for you. Um, because I'm not just talking about, Hey, the fact that you can now do it daily or weekly, but really you still got to put in the work. Like you're not just given this right, right. to be right. in. And I'll say again, leanness aside, optimal health, whatever that is for you, ideally, yeah. you know, all your health markers are great. Sure. You still have to manage your stress, manage your mental health, eat better, go to sleep, have good relationships, right? Like be consistent yeah. in almost anything that you do that brings you joint happiness. That freaking takes work. So when anybody says, yeah. ah, it's easier once you're fit, that's a big myth. I'm yeah. going to break this down now into three. Uh, sorry, the next two, one for women and the one for men. Just, you know, because I, I don't know you necessarily know your listeners. Yeah. Are they both? Are they both genders? Oh, yep. Yes. Okay, good. So men, and, and I guess, you know, again, probably over the, the 40 mark, uh, most likely. So women, and I say this guaranteed, there's someone that comes across this podcast and is saying, yep, yeah, I believe in that. And I get it. I'd say almost on the daily from people that reach out to me or if I'm reaching out to them. And that's coming back to, you know, strength training. And as I find more women uh, towards women than men, strength training is very empowering. It just is something that women feel very empowered when they're stronger men i think it may be just an innate thing that we are supposed to with the masculinity and things like that but with women they fear that with strength training comes bulkness i'm going to get too big i'm not going to look actually in their minds pretty sexy or just healthy and again it, it refrains women from using weights and we know via research the importance of having weights okay so it just doesn't happen you don't have testosterone it just doesn't happen last one from the men perspective is that, you know, supplements changes everything. And I see this a lot with men, right. And I'll say even like testosterone, just so that I can be really honed in, like sure. especially guys that hit maybe that mid mid range. Yeah. I am not here to say that testosterone replacement therapy, just as much as say females that have, you know, hormone replacement therapy right. that does not work. However, supplements, what we know from research is anywhere between five to 10% so-called effect or benefit. Right. And so from guys, they're always like, Ryan, like I, I'm thinking of getting the new testosterone supplement. I know I need, you know, uh, creatine, which yeah, okay. Can help with strength, but like, give me what's, what, what, what is it? Is it magnesium? Is it, or, or some obviously anabolic steroid because I, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're going to take that. And naturally look what potential effects that can have once you come off it. Right. right. And also hormonal changes, heart changes. But from a guy's perspective, I'm like, supplements are there to fill the gap. And so for what people do is that, oh, I'm on this so-called acclaimed supplement, but I'm not going to change my booze. I'm not going to change, you know, staying up late. I'm not going to change eating, you know, whatever bad foods and maybe exercising only once or twice a day a week because the supplement is going to give me everything and I could sit on my behind. And so I find men just, it just, again, just, these are just sample sizes over my 17 years. You can't change your, you can't, Take something and then not change your lifestyle habits. Supplements may assist, right. but your foundation of those pillars I talked about need to be your focal yeah. point. Awesome. Really, really, really fun. Thank you, Ryan. No, I uh, appreciate it. How can people reach you? Uh, certainly, you know, ozcoaching.me is my website. So ozcoaching.me, M-E. O-Z, O-Z, coaching. So my last name being Osborne. You're so Canadian, O-Z. <laughs> I know <Same> <laughs> I, I, that's I, there's the difference right there. I'm surprised <laughs> I haven't, if I was probably a, what we call a mainlander, I would probably have whipped out a, a um, but, yeah. I, but we don't say that over here. 
Okay. Um, if you go on any so LinkedIn, naturally, and Facebook are, are certainly my two jams. So if you just search, uh, search Oz Coaching uh, or Ryan Osborne, uh, you'll come across um, my, my contact list. Right. Um, and yeah, we'd love to. Come I know on. it's late for you there today, so I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, super, super interesting, and I look forward to chatting with you again. Absolutely. I appreciate your time as always. Very fun chat. All right. All right. I'd like to uh, thank everyone who has tuned in and we look forward to being back in the studio again next week. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed and may lose value. Brokerage services are offered through to Sarah Capital, member FINRA.